Everybody say rhythm. You know, the reality is, is most of us are interested in change. Yet, when we are confronted with a question, we really don't know what we want to change in our life. Yet, we know we want to change. And in culture, it's interesting because there's best seller list or most improvement list all over about self-help books, podcasts, conferences, videos. I mean, everything is out there about improving ourselves. And it's interesting because the New York Times has a specific category for best-selling hardcover self-help books and best-selling softcover self-help books. And I thought it was interesting, there must be so many of hundreds of thousands of books out there, and you think about it, and all of it is because we want to change. We want to do the stuff that wants to change, yet what we miss, and you don't need to miss, is God wants you to change more than you want to change in your life. That God wants you to change more than you want to change in your life. And God wants to get you into a healthy rhythm of life that, that blesses you spiritually, that blesses you relationally, that blesses you financially, that blesses you in every aspect of your life. And so and you begin to realize that God wants you to change. But a life that is never willing to change is a great tragedy. A life that is never willing to change is a wasted life. But change is necessary part of a growing life. You know, when somebody said, well, I don't want to change. And I think, I think do, do you want to grow? Because growing is part of that evolution. Changing is part of that evolution. We all know what it's like to go through physical changes in our lives. Amen? I had a friend of mine that, that I coached in baseball in 1982 and 83 in West Germany, and he just sent me a picture this morning, and, and I looked at Derek's picture, and, and now Derek's ball-headed and, and a little overweight, and, and, and I'm a lot overweight and, and no hair, and, and put on that thing and had a mustache, and, and I thought, man, I forgot I even had that mustache back then, but we all change in our life, and so change is necessary for a growing life. But in order to change, when, when we need to change, in order that we keep fresh, that we keep progressing in life. So the question is, not can I change, but how can I have lasting change? How can that change in my life be a blessing in my life? So oftentimes we gain ideas from books and seminars and podcasts. But yet, let's be real, a lot of it doesn't seem to last. And maybe we're different for a little while, but then we discover that new method wears off and it doesn't have a permanent effect. And why is that? Why is there a difference of positive thinking and self-help books and what the Word of God does that causes a transformative change in your life? Is because a lot of those self-help books work on the exterior, but they work on the outside behavior, but they don't work on the interior. They don't work on the motives of why we do what we do. And so for any lasting change, it must begin on the inside of us, and that's the Word of God. Everybody say rhythm. So Genesis chapter 32, verse 25 through 28, is the story of a wrestling match several thousand years ago. And it's the story of Jacob wrestling the angel of the Lord. And let's see what it says here. We're just going to catch a few verses and I'm going to unpack it. It says, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man said, what is your name? He replied, Jacob. And this is this transformative moment here. 
Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. What God is trying to tell us is we can always become the kind of person that we want to become that we know that deep intrinsically inside us, inherent in us, is that person that I know I can become. I know that's in me. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what's preventing me from getting there. I'm frustrated because I'm not there, but I want to get there. And that's what Genesis 32 is. It's a turning point for Jacob. It's a dramatic example of how God gives us transformative change in our life and in verse 27 he says he says Jacob what is your name in the next two weeks I'm going to talk about the blessing rhythm or the the rhythm of life that has blessings constantly that you go from blessing to blessing the Bible says you can go faith from faith glory to glory victory to victory and therefore we must be able to get victory to or, or blessing to blessing and break those cycles where we're not blessed in our life let's pray Father God, I just pray right now. Jacob said his name, but the angel of the Lord said, you got a new name. And Father, I speak a new name into the, into the people t- today. Those watching in jail and Randolph and Macon County, those who are here, those who are in the parking lot, those who will watch this later podcast, Father, that, that, that Lord, they're princes and princesses. Let them know their identity, that they are princes and princesses in Christ, Father. That, Lord, they don't have to be who they are, but they can be who they know, that innate desire inside them that they can become. So, Father, let me be able to share what you've downloaded in my heart with them. Speak to them where they need to be spoken to. And, Father, we just speak that that this day, the 1st of May, 2022, will be a landmark moment of transformative change in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. So this rhythm is really a a four-beat process. And when you look at the backstory, Jacob was a shifty feller. uh, His name means schemer or cheater. But a life-changing experience transformed him into a new person. A life-changing experience gave him the name Israel and the nation of Israel that, that we are all aware about that became a nation in 1947 was named after Jacob who became Israel who is known as a prince of God. And after that experience, Jacob was never ever the same again. And I'm believing prophetically that, that this rhythm series will be the same for you, that you will never ever be the same again, but you'll begin to live in this rhythm of blessing in your life that's absolutely amazing. And so in this story, we have a clear expression of how this four-beat process God uses for us to become who God desires us to become. That, that you can become the person that you want to be. You don't have to be depressed and, and discouraged all the time. But you can be successful and significant. You can be a rebounder from failure and living above average. And I'm going to talk about that, how to live above average next week. You don't have to stay in the rut that you're in. But God will help you change. God will help you overcome your weaknesses in life. God will help you not stay at the spot and you're in. How? You've got to let him. Everybody say Rhythm. You've got to step into the rhythm, the wave of God. How do you do that? Genesis 32 relates that while Jacob was alone one night, someone who the who Hosea chapter 12 verse 4 says was the angel of the Lord appeared and wrestled with Jacob until daybreak. I mean, and you begin to think, 
God, what does a wrestling match 4,000 years ago plus have to do with me changing today? Because it shows us a rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. That's required for your transformation. The rhythm is crisis, commitment, confession, cooperation. Crisis, commitment, confession, cooperation. Step one or beat one would be crisis. Jacob had a long wrestling match with an angel all night long. And, and I think it's interesting because you think about how powerful angels are. And it says that the angel was struggling. He was struggling. And it was a no-win situation for them both because neither one of them was going to give, give up. And we're coming up to daybreak and the angel's getting tired of the struggle because he saw that he wasn't going to win. He saw and was in a situation that was beyond his control. And the lesson that we see is that when God wants you to change, he starts by getting our attention in our life, by putting us in frustrating situations that are beyond our control. And the result is we cannot win. We we keep getting more and more tired in the struggle, yet we're going. God knows what is best for you, and he needs to ha let it happen in your life. I want to go really slow, and I want you to miss this statement. You won't change until your fear of change is exceeded by the pain you are experiencing. You won't change until your fear of change is exceeded by the pain that you are experiencing. The second beat to the rhythm of blessing is commitment. If you want to be changed by God, you've got to go with a commitment. Verse 26, notice what he says here. Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. In other words, I'm not going to tire out. I'm going to get what I came for. Jacob was committed. Jacob was persistent. Jacob stayed with the situation until he worked it out. And yes, he was in a situation that he didn't like. And yes, he was frustrated. And yes, he was getting down. But he was 100% committed with staying to the situation until God turned it around for his good. That's why I tell so many people that are going through a crisis situation that you've got to commit. Commit yourself to Romans 8.28 that God will work this out for my good and his glory. I'm going to be committed till I see Romans 8.28 become a result in my life. The lesson learned is this. After God gets our attention with the problem, sometimes, sometimes he doesn't solve it immediately. And sometimes he allows us to go through it a little longer to see if we really mean business or not. Because most people miss God's best for their lives because they give up too soon. They cop out. They become discouraged. Next week is Mother's Day, and, and we love moms at Family Life Fellowship, and, and we have a gift for you that's going to be absolutely amazing, and we have a, an incredible day planned for moms. Bakes and Brews will be here, and all the moms will get a, a free drink from Bakes and Brews, and, uh, and, and so we want to bless moms, but we're going to hand out these dream cards, these dream cards, and we want you to write your dream, and if you notice, it's the, it's the same thing, but it's perforated, and, and we're going to encourage you. I want you to think about what dream you want to come alongside us and, and let us pray for you, and, and we're going to pray for you and pray for you every day. 
And then one through 21 days of prayer in August, man, we're just going to believe that your dreams are going to come true. And, and, but too many people never see their dreams come about because they give up too soon. And it takes persistence. And when God allows a problem in their lives, instead of hanging in there like Jacob, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go, God, until you turn this thing around in my life. They give up and get, get God's best. They miss God's best in their life. And that's why we want to come alongside you with your dream. And when you want to give up, we're going to remind you and say, hey, we've been praying and God's going to press through. It's always amazing. When people come to me for counseling and their relationship conflicts, I always ask them, really, most of the time, have you prayed about this situation? And they're like, yeah, pastor, I prayed. Man, we prayed. And I ask him, how many times did you pray? Once. Come on. Once. And the problem is, in America, we are so accustomed to have an instant everything. I mean, think about the frustration that we get when we can't connect to the internet. Think about the frustration right now when we go into a restaurant because nobody wants to work, that we have to wait in line, and we have to wait in, in two lines at McDonald's to get into one line, and then we still have to wait, and sometimes they make us go to that little spot in front of the drive through window and make us wait a little bit longer. Come on, say amen. That's not their fault. But, but I want you to, but, but, but we want instant coffee. We want instant access. We want instant fast food. And if we don't have an instant answer to prayer, an instant turnaround in our life, we say, forget it, God. I'm going to go try something else. And how many times do we give up when our success is right around the corner? How many times do we cop out when the solution is almost there in our life? Let me give you a word of wisdom, one of the nine spiritual gifts. Remember, if you really want change, you did not get into your present mess overnight. Your attitude, your actions, your habits, your fears, your weaknesses, your ways of responding took years to develop. And sometimes God has to remove them layer by layer. Sometimes God has to take time for God to change you. A little bit of vision casting, 21 days of prayer, 1 through 21 August. We're going to focus on three, three things. Worship. Freedom and family. Worship, freedom, and family. And we're going to unpack for you that have been through the freedom group. We have six days committed to making declarations so that you can live in freedom in your life. Everybody say worship, freedom, and family. See, change, it takes time to adapt to new conditions. It takes time to adapt to new situations. And life's rhythm series is so key for you because you're learning to not only how to establish, but maintain and increase healthy rhythms in your life. Medical science, psychologist says that it takes now, it takes now six weeks of doing something every day, every day before it becomes a habit in our life. And I always think one of the biggest things for Christians is so many of us don't read the Bible. 
We read it two or three days, and then we miss a couple days, and then we read it a few days later, and then we miss it a few days, and eventually we give up on it, because, and we never get to that six-week barrier, and as a result, we never feel comfortable with it. And I want you to understand, I want to I encourage you with something. The Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. And I want to encourage you to accept this challenge in Psalm chapter 1, verse, or Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible. It really focuses on the Word of God. But, but there are a hundred, uh, excuse me, in Psalm 119, there's 176 verses. And so if it takes 42 days to establish a new habit, I want to encourage you to take Psalm 119, take your Bible, your Bible, not your phone, but your Bible, because your phone will distract you as soon as that little window pops up in the top. Come on, say amen. There's going to be no windows popping up in this. So, so set it by your coffee pot, set it by your bathroom sink, whatever you do first in the morning, set it by there. And then I want to challenge you for the next 42 days, read four verses a day. That's it, four. Four verses. Don't be an overachiever, go five, just four. <laughs> and let me show you how long this takes. Because people say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible or whatever. No, let me show you how long this takes. I'm going to read Psalm 119, 173, verse 176, the last four verses. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandments. Oh, Lord, I have longed for your rescue, and your instructions are my delight. Let me live so I can praise you, and may your regulations help me. I've wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have forgotten your commands. All of us have that much time every day. Come on, say amen. For 42 days, 42 days, join me starting tomorrow. Read four verses, Psalm 119. And I promise you'll establish a habit and you'll fall in love with the word of God like never before. You start with verse 1 through 4 and go on. Don't give up. There's hope. But make sure you put the Bible where you're going to see it and it challenges you and convicts you to read it every day. Not just in a crisis. Don't read the Bible. You need to get it in you now so when the crisis comes, you're committed because you have the word in your heart to know how to stand up and fight. How to stand up and fight. Confession is the third step to being changed by God. Verse 27, what is your name? And he answered, Jacob. They've wrestled all night. Why does the angel of the Lord ask Jacob his name? Come on, he could ask him a lot of other things, but why his name? To get Jacob to acknowledge his character by stating his name. I'm Jacob. I'm a cheater. I'm a schemer. See, I believe Jacob remembered the heartache he had caused by scheming against his brother Esau. So when the angel said, what is your name? Jacob heard, this is what I'm really like. This is my character, really. This is who I really am on the inside and not what everybody sees. And Jacob said, I am a cheater. I am a schemer. And when Jacob said that, everybody say rhythm. He got into a rhythm of confession. This is my weakness. 
I'm being honest with myself. This is who I am that I don't like. This is the character flaws in my life. And this is an extremely important part of the process of God changing you. Because we will never change until we honestly face ourselves. And we will never change until we admit our failures and our sins in our life. And God will not work on you and your problem until we first admit that we have a problem. We need to say, Lord, I am a mess. Lord, I have a problem. Lord, I admit I made it the mess in my life. And once you do that, then God can go, can go, go, go to work in your life. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to make excuses for our problems? Have you ever noticed how easy it is for all of us to play the blame game? It's not my fault, my boss at work. It was the environment I was brought in in, dot, dot, dot. Why do we talk that way? Why do we act that way? Because it's hard to admit that we have faults in ourselves. And it's even harder to admit, especially for men out there because of our ego, to ask for help. Man, if we can't ask for directions, how are we ever going to ask for help? Come on. Why should I confess my faults to God to let him know what is really going on in my life? No, he already knows. When we tell God we've sinned in our life, it's no surprise to him because he knew our problems all along. But when we confess to him, we're saying, you're right, God, I do have a problem with me. And I know I need to go to the resources and power to help me change, to become a better version of me. The one that you created, the person inside me that I know that I really want to be, but I don't know how to get there. And at that moment, he gives us the power and the authority to become the person that God wants us to be. And when we get to that point, suddenly we can get into the rhythm of life's blessings, of going from victory to victory and peace to peace and joy to joy and prosperity to prosperity, etc., etc. Everybody say rhythm. The event in Jacob's life was more than just a wrestling match. But it's how God works in our lives. And see, the thing is, if we don't learn it this time, it's going to happen again a little later down in life. And if we don't learn it then, it's going to happen again. And we establish a negative rhythm. So just let me give you a pastoral piece of advice. You can save yourself a lot of trouble by responding properly this time. Start the blessing rhythm. And the last step to allow yourself to be changed by God is cooperation. In the Bible, God began changing Jacob the moment he admitted who he was. Don't miss that. God began changing Jacob as soon as he began cooperating with God's plan. Genesis 32, 30. Jacob called this landmark moment Peniel, where he wrestled with the angel of the Lord and Peniel or Penuel means the face of God. Jacob had come face to face with God. And this is the wow moment for me. And he lived. And he lived. And God said, now, Jacob, we can get down to business. Now, Jacob, you can relax and just cooperate and trust me. And I will make the changes, Jacob, 
that you want made. And Jacob, I'll bless you. The rhythm of blessing began in Jacob's life and began to study. It's amazing, the rhythm of blessings in his life. Jacob didn't say, I mean, God didn't say to Jacob, try real hard, use all your willpower to become perfect. Because willpower, listen to me, simply does not make permanent changes in our lives. Willpower focuses on attacking the outward circumstances. But it's the internal motivation that makes permanent changes. And that's what God works on. When Jacob began to cooperate with God, God started working on Jacob. And I love this. Notice the first thing that he did was change his name. He gave him a new name. He gave him a new identity. Today, at the end of service, Coyote Hill Foster Care is here. Be praying on Tuesday. Greta will be at court and believe in that, that Sadie will become her adopted daughter. Yeah, give the Lord a great big hand clap. Be praying, no obstacles. But if you're interested in being a foster parent and just exploring it, you can pre-register for a class coming up on the 2nd of June. Carsey will be here in the hub. There's an information thing out front that if you're not interested in being a parent, there's other ways that you can support. And so I would encourage you to check that out. Grab some literature. See, that's what happens. You get adopted into the family of God. And notice, God said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Israel means prince of God. Catch this transformative change. And he never went back. He went from cheater and schemer to prince of God. And it can be the same for you today, family I fellowship. Because God knew Jacob's potential. And God knows your potential. As a prince or princess in the kingdom of God. God knows your potential. As a son or daughter in the kingdom of God. Everybody say rhythm. And when you step in to the family of God. If you allow us, we'll help you get into that rhythm of blessings in life. So whoever's going to come up and play, come up and play. And before we bow your heads and close your eyes, the last thing I want to share is God saw through Jacob's exterior of trying to be this worldly tough guy. God saw all of Jacob's weaknesses and saw beneath the surface. And what I love about it is God said, that's not the real you, Jacob. You're not a schemer. You're not a cheater. You're not a failure. You're not a divorcee. You're not a bankrupt individual. You're not a scumbag. You're not an alcoholic. You're not an addict. He said that. He said, I see a nation named after you. Your family life fellowship. God sees the same greatness in you. And I pray that you can see it in yourself. 
the hardest thing as a pastor is to see somebody's potential and they don't see it for themselves. To see who they are. Because I don't see who you can become, man. I see who you are. I've learned to look at who you are. It's not letting your past define you. It's not letting your past blind you by your yesterday. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God sees the same greatness in you. And the first step is saying, Jesus, I want to become born again. God knows how to bring out the best in you and your life. And he knows you better than you know yourself. And if you let him, he'll use whatever you have and is necessary to accomplish his destiny in your life. But the question is, do I want God's blessing in my life? If the answer is yes, and you need to commit your life to Jesus. If you're here right now and you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you once walked with Christ, but you've walked away. You know, the Bible says nobody can pluck you out of the hand of God, but it never says you can't walk out of the hand of God. But you can walk right back into the hand of God through Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and his acceptance and his love. Maybe you've never been in the hand of God. You can go. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me where I've made mistakes. I've sinned. I've failed. And Holy Spirit, give me a brand new start. And however you pray that, pray that in your own, in your own way. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to encourage you to grab that connect card in front of you. Fill it out. We just come on up, come alongside you and be a blessing to you. Help you with these next steps. Next steps, growth tracks at 11 o'clock. You can do them in any order. Water baptism, if you've never been water baptized, that's going public with your faith. just fill that out but there's another group of people I want to talk to and that's the Christian it's amazing because Jacob got himself into trouble each time and Jacob every time he got himself into trouble up to this point he ran away he ran away and God says you know what I'm going to do I'm going to put a limp in his walk and therefore Jacob could never run away from a difficult situation again but he would have to stand and face his problems but not in his own strength any longer, but in God's strength. When we stand in God's strength, that's when the changes become permanent in our life. And maybe you've been limiting God by making excuses or blaming others or rationalizing as a Christian, but it's time to drop the mask and say, Father, I have a problem and I need you. And beneath all those things that you know about yourself. Because we tend to focus on the negatives in our life. Just like those people, I'm overweight, I'm this, I'm that. I want you to see yourself like God sees you as a Christian. He sees a prince or a princess. He sees an adopted son or daughter of God. And God wants to change you from Jacob to Israel today and start a rhythm of blessing in your life.
Father, I just ask that transformative change begin to happen in each person's life. Father, let them be able to apply what needs to be applied. Let the rest go that doesn't apply. And touch them. Father, touch them. And as they go through that permanent change, start the rhythm of blessings in their life like they've never experienced before. In Jesus' name.